We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, Yue Xu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hello, daters, dateables, those dating, those who are done dating, those who (laughs) are so over dating, those are (laughs) far removed from dating. Whatever your relationship is with dating, welcome to another episode of the Dateable Podcast. We welcome all of you. (laughs) All daters, no matter where you are in your journey. You know, it is funny to think about all the different stages and what we've all gone through. I feel like looking at my dating history and reflecting on it from even a month ago, it's all different. Every step in the process. And you just never stop. There's never an end to dating, even though my parents, I love my parents so much. Every time I visit them, they drag me on a five mile hike. They do a five mile hike every day and then they work out again in the afternoon. Like I'm tired when I'm with them. No wonder where you get it from. (laughs) And and during our hike, my parents love talking about the podcast without talking about the podcast. They're they're always like, how's the podcast going? But you know, they're just so curious about what dating even means because they've never dated any other people except for each other. But my mom (laughs) recently told me about all these dating stories during her time when she was a teenager, not her own dating stories, but what she witnessed in China when dating was banned. You actually would be beaten if you were caught dating. How much people risked just for love. It's insane. People were holding hands knowing that they could get beaten, but they still want to show affection for each other. Isn't that crazy? Shit. I think we need to get your mom on the podcast to talk about that. (laughs) She's so shy. She's always like, please don't post any pictures of me. She just doesn't want anybody to see her, hear her, but she has some incredible stories to tell. That is crazy, though, like what people would risk. I'm just thinking about if dating was illegal, how different people would view it. I feel like Mm. we would hold it more sacred for sure and would appreciate every date a lot more if we couldn't be doing it. I feel like if you think about, you know, certain substances that 
that are illegal. It almost is more fun because they're illegal. This is why it's just so annoying that a lot of us complain about dating apps because it is a privilege to be able to date, to have these tools to help us date, and to have the option to date without getting beaten to death, you know? (laughs) It's like, we are a very privileged people right now. Exactly. And we're excited to re-air this episode that we did with Confident Collective with Christina and Ann because I think it does put dating in a different perspective to also think about, you know, clearly their podcast is about confidence. So we talk about having the confidence while dating. And if you remember, we had them on last season. And a lot Mm -hmm. of it was how do you what's the difference between being selfish and putting yourself first when it comes to dating. So so often we're looking at, you know, what's going wrong in dating opposed to being in the driver's seat thinking like, hey, this is actually a really rare time where we get someone's undivided attention to go on this date, we may as well enjoy ourselves in the process. I love both of their perspectives because Christina's married with a kid and Rayanne is out there. She's in the thick of dating and they're able to balance each other out in some ways. So I really enjoy their dynamic and how they like to you know, balance out their relationship. Yeah, that was perfect. And I feel like we kind of debunked a lot of myths on this podcast that we did with them. Mm. And I remember Ray and being like, I hear all this on TikTok. And we're like, no, don't even, no. don't worry about that. But there's a lot of, you know, stuff that's been ingrained in us for so long. And it was really fun to hear, first of all, the dating questions that their audience sent in, but also their own stuff. And like you mentioned, you know, Rayanne's in the thick of it and definitely had a lot on her mind about dating that we kind of unpacked as we were talking it through. The dating questions part, I don't know about you, Julie, I love that part. And this is like Mm -hmm. sort of why I really love being on all of it on New York Public Radio. We were just back on for the third time with Allison Stewart. And she does a segment where she takes in listener questions. And it always keeps us on our toes. The questions are so (laughs) unique and creative the way they people are telling their their stories. I I love that segment so much. I love answering listener questions. I love it. I feel like this one, though, a lot of people were just sharing their experiences. Yeah, we actually the topic this one was really fun. And I believe you can go to all of it, uh, New York Public Radio's website yep. and listen to it. So if you're not in New York, and you did not hear it live, have no fear, you can go back and listen to it all. I mean, the topic was so fun this time, because it was basically talking about Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck getting back together and getting married after being apart for so long. So a lot of people called in about, you know, the one that got away and how they ended up rekindling later in life. And we talked about if it was a good idea to restart a romance with an ex. And, you know, we've definitely talked about this topic quite a bit on the podcast. Clearly some pros and cons. There's a lot of Mm. reflection and conversations that need to happen. It's not a clear-cut yes or no, but we agree on second chances, but not on just repeating patterns. I did a little bit of research before we went on the show because I was trying to see how long it had been since their last relationship. 
And they first got together in 2002. So it's been 20 years between these two relationships. Ben Affleck was only 29 when they got together. That's insane. He was still in his 20s. And now he's in his late 40s. She's in her early 50s. They're completely different people. I'm sure this relationship looks completely different. But when we posted about our segment on all of it, a friend of mine, David, that you know too, Julie, uh, he ended up marrying his ex. He dated this woman Mm. for a month, years and years ago, decided it wasn't the right thing. They weren't in the right place. And then just a few years later, they reconnected. He was in Spain. He was having a drink and he wanted to text her. He just had this urge. And they started reconnecting when he was still in Europe. When he got back to the US, they got back together and then ended up getting married. And now she's pregnant. Crazy. Wow. I love hearing these success stories, but I also at the same time don't because I feel like that's what gives us the narrative when right. something isn't healthy. Right, right. Yes. <laughs> you know, it is crazy though. I looked up their timeline also and, you know, I think a big part of it was they claimed the reason they broke up, this is Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez, not your friend, why they broke up was because of media attention and the press. And it's really interesting because they were both at the start of their careers back then. And, you know, 20 years later, they're clearly at a totally different place professionally, where they probably just like don't give a fuck anymore about, you know, paparazzi and all that stuff that maybe was a problem back then or being in the public eye, they probably have just learned how to adapt to it. Well, let's also not forget Ben had a drinking and drug problem. He was also addicted to strip clubs. There were a lot of issues that he was dealing with because he wasn't sure how to process his own fame. So I hope that 20 years later, he's dealt with all of that. Not to mention, he went through a marriage himself. She went through, what, 100 engagements at this point? (laughs) I mean, this yeah, this is the part that's hard because (laughs) are these people very emotionally healthy? We don't really know, you know, like they're just in the public eye And, you know, again, I'm all for it. Like your friend, it sounds like, you know, things worked out and it ended up being there. And, you know, sometimes it can be wrong time in someone's life. But personally, as someone that gave something a lot of tries with that kind of happily ever after romantic tale that I was kind of clinging to almost, I feel like it can be dangerous to not look at the reality of a situation and just have this, you know, rom-com moment, essentially, that you're trying to get out of your own life. That's why I really appreciated Allison's question about how do you not romanticize getting back with an ex? Because that seems to be the rom-com storyline we hear all the time gives us hope to reignite these old flames. But this is a totally different story when you're trying to start a, a relationship with someone that you were with in the past. Yeah. It reminds me of the TV show that you and I both got really into. Ah, I feel it. like this show did not take off to the degree it should no. have. It should have been the next Love is Blind. And maybe by us talking about it on this podcast, it will help yes. boost its ratings. But yes. the one who got away on Amazon Prime, Amazon. U- UA, I told UA that my partner and I started watching. And I think within an hour or two, you were already hooked. Yeah, I was already eight 
eight episodes in and my partner was also hooked. I was so hooked because there is a very good looking Asian man on the show and he is in high demand. And I love that he was sort of like the love interest of the storyline. But we also have been speaking to some of them on DM, (laughs) not to give it away, but we've been talking to them and hopefully some of them will come on our show. (laughs) We may or may not be diving into this topic a little deeper, but I think (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a great topic the one who got away i don't know could you think of like i mean there's so many factors clearly one i'm very happy in my relationship i'm not looking to reignite but let's say i was single Mm -hmm. i can think of one person he's also married right now so again this is like not a realistic scenario but it was someone i worked with and i definitely we were friends and we never talked about relationships like we didn't even talk about other relationships we were in and i definitely never made a move to despite like having a huge crush on this guy. So I think that would be my person if I was to think of one. Yeah, I remember we had this conversation a while ago, a few episodes ago. And (laughs) I think my answer was there are some people I hope to come back for me, but not that I'm hoping that the relationship will actually happen. It's more of an ego boost. That I oh, hope interesting. These <laughs> will show interest again. I think, you know, everything works out the way it's supposed to be. But I think for mine, the reason I picked this person is in retrospect, I wish I just put it out there. Yeah. I think I just didn't make any moves. And I we talk about this a lot. When you make no moves, that's actually the worst thing that can happen. Worse than being rejected and I feel like if he had just been like, I'm not interested, then okay, now you know, you're not like thinking about it any other time. Oh, it's just, it's just so profound to think about it that way. And not to be even more cryptic than we have been, but we have been working (laughs) on a secret project where we are diving into the what ifs. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And these are some of the learnings. And if we can give you guys a teaser of what we've learned, and the teaser is you are in control of things and you are in control of your love life. So if you're hoping for something to happen, you have the control to make it happen. You can't wait for other people to do it for you. Yes. So yes, you and I <laughs> happened. I, I feel like we kind of put this out in the Facebook group because yeah. we did put a recruiting because we had, a, we actually are working with a production company on this and a large media network that we won't say yet. (laughs) And they actually had a casting agency that went out to find people to be on our upcoming show. And so we did put this out, but it's been really fun to work with outside production. And I think, you know, we've been like a two woman show for so long. Mm -hmm. And obviously that has its benefits as well. But it's been really, I think, I think fun is the right way to say it. It's fun to to get a lot of people in the room and brainstorm and have all the ideas and see what other people bring to the table as well. And to know that other people care. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> everyone just us too. I was thinking about that too. <laughs> I was like, everyone at this call is so invested in this mm-hmm. happening and what's going on with this show. Yeah. It's really nice to one, them recognize the good work we've already been doing, but then also take that involvement like we have. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm so excited. I hope we can announce that soon, but we'll just keep it very <sighs> soon enough. Mysterious. We'll leave everyone on the toes, but soon enough, there will be something great there for you. But that doesn't mean that Dateable is going anywhere. Dateable is coming on season 15. We've already been, we've been really recording strong, I feel like. You oh, yeah. and I love Plowing. recording. I think, you know, it's what it is our favorite thing to do. I feel like I genuinely am excited every conversation we have, and we have a really great season opener in store and it'll just be a couple more weeks you know we have this and next week as the last of the bonus and then we're gonna get into it so season 15 is just around the corner it feels like season 14 just ended but you know this is how we do it we gotta we gotta come back for the the back half of this year we're so stoked every new season it's a different vibe different theme different learnings and speaking of lurking around the corner maybe lurking is not the right word but just right around the corner. You never know who you run into. Oh, yes. I need to so give a shout a good story. out. I have a good <laughs> shout out. Oh, my God. This made my freaking week. Thank you, UA, for reminding me because I texted UA right after. Super mm-hmm. excited. I was, you know, taking a little breather. I needed to get some fresh air. So I went out for a little and had coffee at this like we shop near my house that had outdoor seats. I was, I hate to admit this, but I was completely buried in my phone texting. Uh-oh. <laughs> not aware of my surroundings at all. But then a really sweet girl came up and she's like, Julie? Julie from Dateable Podcast? (laughs) (laughs) So I'll give a shout out to Lydia, who recently moved to San Francisco from Toronto. She told me that she loved, loved, loved Dateable and she had every episode downloaded, which made me super happy. And it was just really nice to meet someone. You know, I love when people come up. I've had that happen a few times at events, Mm -hmm. particularly. I don't think as much just randomly on the street. I definitely Mm -hmm. was um, a little taken off guard just because, you know, you're not expecting it, but it was a really welcome surprise as well. Well, thank you, Lydia, for downloading our episodes, for supporting us, and for having the courage to go up to Julie. It's not easy to go up to strangers and be like, I know you. Especially when they're not even looking, their like, head is in their phone, which is Ugh. why no one can meet anyone in real life. But that's another story. As you can Julie. see, I'm completely guilty of it. Julie, tisk tisk. <laughs> we also want to give another shout out to Geraldine, who is our Instagram <laughs> friend. She said, recently discovered the podcast and have been binge listening ever since. Today, I was listening to the to peg or not to peg episode while parking <laughs> my car and was laughing so hard that I bumped into the curb and scratched my car. Still worth it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think we should start a new segment, comment of the week. That would definitely wins. Maybe comment of the year. Yeah, I screenshotted it and it's in my favorites folder. I yes. look at it all the time. <laughs> I've done that before. I'm so wrapped up in an episode. I'm listening in my car and then I, you know, do something very dangerous and stupid because <laughs> because I'm not paying attention to the road. Yes. Well, thank you, Dateable listeners, for finding us, for sending the messages. That yeah. always makes our day, keeps us going. Like we said, it's always great to know that others are in this with us. Mm-hmm. So keep the stuff going. Uh, I think that's a good segue to announcements. You know, announcements, come find us in the real world. But also, <laughs> you can come find us at Dateable Podcast on Instagram, Love in the Time of Corona. And you can always join the sounding board. 
which is our premium community. If you want to gain more dating confidence, that's a great place to do it as every week they have conversations with our wonderful host team. And then once a month, office hours with UA and I. So if you're not in the sounding board yet, go to datablepodcast.com slash sounding board. And of course, you can join all of our free platforms as well. (laughs) Okay, before we get into it, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. How have you been taking care of your mind recently? For me, it's all about taking a pause so I'm not reactive all the time. Think about it. Our minds are basically in reaction mode every day, which doesn't allow much time for us to actually think about what matters to us. That's why I find it especially important to be able to pause and take care of my mind. How we care for our minds affects how we experience life. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy brain, like learning a new language, taking a power nap, listening to this podcast. There's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. My therapist and I are currently working on bigger picture thinking, playing the long game instead of focusing on short-term events. It's so helpful to have someone guide me through the bird's eye view of my life. With BetterHelp, you have access to online therapy through either video phone or even live chat only sessions. It is a lot more affordable than in-person therapy and the matching process is so fast. They match you with someone in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash datable. That's better. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to to viahemp.com and use a code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use a code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month. 
and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Okay, let's hear it from Rayanne and Christina from The Confident Collective. We are here with the wonderful ladies from Dateable. We have UA and Julie. We are so excited for this conversation, talking all things dating, romance, love. I've been out of the dating pool for quite some time, but you know what? Ryan keeps me young, Ryan keeps me in the know, <laughs> uh-huh. and now you guys will as well. Um, and I just feel like literally I did a Q and A Q&A about dating and it's insane. Everyone needs help. Everyone has so many questions. Everyone's just like on a mission to find love and the right love. So I feel like this conversation, our listeners are going to be so excited about. We that are Q&A so excited, episode yeah. is so good. Oh, thank you. By the you. way. <laughs> and have you noticed people ask kind of similar questions, but they think they have very unique questions. Yes, but they're all, there's like all themes. They kind of boil down mm-hmm. to a few themes that people are struggling with, but it's also crazy because there's, there's just so much dating advice out there. It's like one person tells you one thing, another, I personally am finding it overwhelming and it's hard to navigate. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing people. Okay. Well, nobody does <laughs> to create your own rules. That's the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so true. And it's weird. Cause out of some, like as someone who's been out of the dating game for quite some time, I'm like, wow, I have like a lot of advice that like, I don't know. Like that's like, you know, from years and years ago. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like applicable to every situation or every relationship. Like, so I do really think that you need to like listen to all advice and take it with a grain of salt and like make your own rules. Yeah. Like you just said. Exactly. Okay. So should we get into it? Like out of all the people <laughs> you've spoken with, you guys have had so many experts on so many people dating and people in relationships Are there any common themes that you guys have found from people who have found relationships and have entered successful relationships? Are there certain things that these relationships have in common? So many, so many. (laughs) I think the big one that Julie and I always talk about is that nobody has to figure it out. Even the experts, they don't have to figure it out. So much easier commenting on someone else's relationship than your own. And when you're in the situation, it's really hard to figure out clarity around it. But what we have found is, let's say the experts give you, equate it to Google Maps. You're trying to go from A to B. Google Maps will give you suggested routes. But Mm -hmm. when it comes to dating, you can take that route. It's worked for some people. Or you can figure out a different route. Carve out a street. Maybe there's a street under construction. And that street is better for you than the Google Google Maps route. So it's just like ultimately, like we were just saying, is you got to create your own dating philosophy and stick to it. Yeah. I think the one thing that has been apparent in every story and our stories are all so different, but this is the one thing that is consistent for the people that have made it on the other side, made it through the trenches of dating. It's that they've taken a step back and put the accountability on themselves. And I think it's so easy in today's world to blame the apps, blame your city, blame the other people you're dating. 
But the hard work, and I think why people are so obsessed with dating, one is obviously to find that partner, but two, it's such a reflection of yourself. And it's almost hard not to take it personally when you're basically putting yourself in front of another person and being like, do you like me or not? But we have to kind of get through that and realize that 95% of the people you meet, probably 99% are not going to be matches. They're not going to want to date you. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. And you're never going to be everyone's cup of tea. And the more that we can just get confident, which, you know, goes hand in hand with what you all talk about in ourselves and really believe that, like, we bring something to the table and someone is lucky to be with us. That's when we start to see things shift for people when they kind of take control of their love lives. Wow. I love both of those things you guys just said. And I think, Julie, one thing that you said that really stuck out to me was when you start looking back at yourself instead of, it was so funny. I was just on the phone with one of my friends who's currently dating, um, in DC and we were like, we think it's time for us both to go back to therapy because we've been having a few patterns that are repeating themselves. Mm. And we just had this really honest conversation. We were like, okay, like what are we doing to attract these type of people that we're seeing the same thing over and over again? We can't just sit there and be like, oh my gosh, these fuck boys are always taking advantage of us, blah, blah, blah. Like there's a pattern here and I'm the common denominator. So I think that is such good advice that sometimes you have to look at yourself often, not most times, instead of just blaming all of these situations, right? Yeah. Because the situations are out of your control. We can't control right. how many fuck boys there are in this world. Uh, unless if someone figured out a way, I, wish. I really don't know. <laughs> we can't control how the apps work. We yeah. can't control how love works. So if things are out of your control, what's the point in spending time and effort focusing on that when you can focus on what is in your control, which is yourself? Mm-hmm. I love and that. I don't think that like people need to be perfect to find love. And, you know, no. like there's even this feeling of like, you need to love yourself before you love others or, or others love you, or you need to like fix yourself. I don't believe in that. Like, I do think you need to have a healthy self-confidence and self-worth. Absolutely. But I think it's a continuous work in progress. You're never going to be a hundred percent. So I don't think we're saying like, oh, all, everything needs to be good before you can date. Absolutely not. But it's recognized like, oh, do I want to keep engaging with someone that only hits me up at 2 a.m. or Mm -hmm. doesn't text me back or flakes on plans? Like, why would you want to do that when you really think about it? Is that who you want to be in a relationship with? Right. And and Julie, you said actually an analogy that I had written um, word for word in like my notes was like, you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea. But there was a point where once I was talking to Christina about my dating life, I had a really hard, I guess it was like last summer, I had a really hard go. I was in like a, a bit of a, I had a mental breakdown. We were saying (laughs) just like with so frustrated with, with dating. And I was like, I get that you're not going to be everybody's cup of tea, but when it feels like you're nobody's cup of tea, how do you get over this? And like still be putting yourself out there because I was at this point where I was like, I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, many people are there. Yes. This, <laughs> this burnout is real. And I think dating burnout is the same as work burnout. And if you're in a place where you feel burnt out, that's not a good place to date maybe. 
it's time to reset and kind of think about how can I get myself out of this burnout mode? Mm. I think so many people have the scarcity mindset that there's nobody out there or no matches. But if we come in with an abundance mindset, not so much like I'm going to be everybody's cup of tea, but know that there's a lid for every pot. And I love the saying because there are different kinds of pots, <laughs> different shapes. Some are damaged, some are crooked, but there's a lid for every pot and know that all you need is one. You don't need a hundred or 200. You're not getting the matches that you're looking for in the last month or three. It doesn't mean that your person's not out there. It just means you're sifting through all the people who are going to help you get there. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a very real feeling, right? That you said, and a lot of people, I think it's easy for us to say, just be confident, you know, be <laughs> ha- like, you know, don't tolerate that. But when you're in it and someone you really like ghosts you or says they don't want a relationship with you, it can be really heartbreaking. So we definitely don't want to minimize that feeling. We've both been there a lot, like a lot. Um, I can't say though, before I met my current partner, I definitely felt like I was rejected more than I'd ever felt in my entire life. And I think it was the where I was, you know, we are six years into doing this dating podcast. If this was not where I was at this moment, I would have very much taken it like there's something wrong with me. And I had done that before, but I looked at it in a way that I was, I was actually giving people more chances than I had ever before. And it's easier to actually be the person that says, I don't want to be with you and reject the other person because your ego doesn't take a hit at that point. Mm-hmm. But if you're really trying to build a relationship, like your ego is going to take a hit. That's just the reality of it. And, you know, I'm sure Christina, you know, from years and years of marriage, like this, it's not always about your ego. Like sometimes you do have to just like, you know, let it go in a way. And I think when I was in this place of just getting rejected left and right, I looked at it that I was making, I was taking more initiative. I was making more moves. I was giving people second chances that I wouldn't normally like, cause I wanted to do like a two date default because I knew people weren't always, you know, their shiniest self or maybe things take a little time to grow. And you know, not everyone was as open with me mm-hmm. and looking back on it, it's okay. And, you know, I just kept going and like, ultimately I met someone that matched my energy and was that fit for me. Oh my gosh. I love all of that. I feel like that's such good advice because first of all, I've been married for what, almost five years. I keep like wondering like how long it's been (laughs) dating for so long. And when you're in a relationship, a long-term relationship, there are so many times like where your relationship ebbs and flows, Mm -hmm. where you really do have to compromise, where you have to like bite your ego. You have to like be like the bigger person in the situation. You just have to learn to compromise. And I think that that's like an important lesson when it comes to dating, but you have to like give yourself the opportunities to like know that as you're dating people. And then also know when like, you don't have to go on that second date. Sometimes people don't deserve second chances. Sometimes you do have to be like a little bit selfish in that scenario as well. Absolutely. I definitely had one video date that just was getting bad vibes all around. And I remember being like, my phone's about to die. Sorry, I got to (laughs) go. And, you know, it's like sometimes you got to do that. And I'm all for giving people second chances and trying to let things play out. But I agree. It's like sometimes you just know it's not a fit also. Yeah. 100%. We talked a little bit about like um, dating burnout. And I just want to know, like, what are like some tangible tips that like people can do if they're 
experiencing dating burnout? Like, do they just get off the apps? Do they like maybe just, you know, like try and date in person or meet people in real life? Like what's, what's your tips for that? How do you like handle dating burnout without like giving up on dating? You know, what's funny. I think the go-to is people delete the apps. Yeah. They take a hiatus. And actually Julie and I really don't believe that because mm-hmm. your goal is still dating. Your goal is still relationships. So why shut that part of your life off? And mm-hmm. what you're really going to do is as soon as you delete the apps, you're going to be yearning to get back on the apps or wondering what's there. So there's no need to delete the apps. I think one way that we've talked about is giving yourself time and space for dating. So maybe it's carving out once a week. Maybe it's carving out two hours a day or two hours a week, whatever works for you to focus only on dating. And this really helps because it it creates that intentionality and you're mindful when you're swiping or you're messaging someone versus, you know, most people just do it passively. They're on the toilet, they're watching TV, they're in line at Starbucks and who the energy you put into the apps is exactly the energy you're going to get back. So guess what? You're going to match with the other people who are swiping on their toilets too. So it's so important (laughs) to just carve out time every week and say, this is the time I'm going to be really intentional about dating during this time. Yeah. It's really easy to get tunnel vision that, you know, your end goal is to be in a relationship. So that's all you focus on. But we really believe that you need to keep building the other parts of your life so strong. Mm. And, you know, it's easy to say like, oh, I'm just going to prioritize hanging out with other single friends, for instance, because then I can meet other people. And, And not to say that you shouldn't have single friends. There's absolutely that's great to have people that understand what you're going through and on the same page. But I think that we can not forget about the other relationships in our lives that bring us great joy and make us feel loved and basically the emotions that we're looking for in a partnership in some way. So I was all for, you know, dedicating that time. But there also could be a place that you really do feel like you need that break. And I personally myself took a year break after a brutal breakup. And we've had other guests talk about just taking prolonged time. But I think it's less about the number of months or years or whatever you're doing as a break or weeks. It's more about what are you doing in this time? If you're just you know, thinking about how bad dating is and how bad the apps are and all that, that's not really helping you. But if you're, you know, taking that time to really reflect on your own patterns and what is it that you need in a partner? What is it that you're gravitated to versus what actually would be good for you? I think that's a worthwhile break. Yeah, I think that's so important. What you said, Julie, is taking an intentional break (laughs) because it's like, yeah, you can, you know, there is something super symbolic. I feel like of like deleting the apps, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like hitting that delete. It's like, it's like kind of a big deal. I've done it a few times, Mm -hmm. but I think making sure you're intentional with the break that you take is so important. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you working on in this time to go back when you feel like in a better headspace to date, you're going to approach it in a positive way. Um, and I think you, too, what you said about kind of being more intentional with dating is kind of, is, I really like it, but I think it's hard for people to understand. And this is something that I am like newly learning too, is because the, everything we were like taught about dating and love when we were growing up, 
was it just so like felt so fucked up? Like it just fell into your lap. Like yes. last night I watched because I'm going <laughs> I'm going to Europe, so I watched Under the Tuscan Sun last night, which is like a nineties oh movie. Gosh. And like I was just dying laughing with like how every man she came into contact with is like in love with her, which is like in my mind, how my world works around me, but it's not true. But I'm like, it is, it's like, we think that it should just happen so easily, which I mean, sometimes it does, but the reality is, is you do have to be intentional and like setting time and being like, okay, I'm going to make sure I do like one day a week or whatever. It's not sexy. It's not, you know, how we think it should be, but I do think it's necessary for our own sanity. Mm, Rayanne, you you touch upon something that's really interesting because when it comes to online dating and dating apps, people think of them as dating hacks, like a Mm. shortcut to love when they're actually just a tool to introduce you to someone. And so people feel like once they get on the apps, they can skip through all the work and just go straight to the relationship. And it doesn't happen like that. Even under the Tuscan sun, yes, everybody wanted her, but she still needed to (laughs) She had to take that break and go to Tuscany yeah. for her to, to be ready to receive this kind of love. So I think as all daters, we just need to remember the dating apps are not a shortcut, but they're just introducing you to people that you may not otherwise meet in real life. No, I love that. And I love how you said about being really intentional about swiping because I can't tell you how many friends I've been around who are like swiping and I've never used the dating apps to find someone. And I like love like watching people use them. And even with Ray, I'm like, wait, wait, you just said no so quickly. <laughs> I'm like, you just looked at one photo. Like you didn't even like look at this person's profile. Like maybe they're funny. Maybe they said something else. Like maybe their first photo wasn't like, I don't know, like they're the breathtaking, like stop, like love at first sight that you want, but like, there's so much more about them. And I feel like it's so easy to like quickly, if you're at the grocery store or on the toilet or whatever, to swipe, 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 put swipe, what you're right. Like what you get in the energy you put into it, like might be the energy that you get out too. This one's such a tough one because, you know, I totally agree with everything you just said. It's like, I think the best people on dating apps are not the flashy profiles. It's like the hidden Mm -hmm. gems that Mm -hmm. barely know how to put up a dating profile, right? Because it's like the one skill you do not need in a relationship at all is how to market (laughs) yourself. But I think where it's like difficult, it's because on one side, that is the the bad side of dating apps it's diminished we have like two seconds to make a decision that's like how 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 our minds work with them and I feel like that's a lot of people like that's just how it is right now and it's all based on the photo it's almost irrelevant what you write in your profile a lot of the times and it's sad that it's so split second decision making because you're right there could be someone freaking amazing that we're just swiping right by I always like joke to my boyfriend that like he just had like these like emojis covering his friends' faces and I think oh my caught God. my attention. I was like, I'm glad you had that. Cause like, like this person's <laughs> funny. Exactly. Yeah. But like also it's like attention grabbing, right? Mm-hmm. Where you could just swap, like swipe by so quick. But then on the flip side, we see people making all these assumptions based off someone's mm-hmm. something someone wrote in their profile and spending so much time writing their profile for people not to even read them at all. And that also is not a good usage of time because it's kind of trying to fill in the gaps and not get to know the person. Wait, that is so interesting because I have a couple of people in my life who refuse to use dating apps. And I'm like, you have to get like into like modern day dating, you know? And it's because they just overthink their profile so much. They don't know what to write about themselves. They don't know what images. And it makes me so sad for them too, 
and I could see like how both sides are so hard to deal with, but like, I'm like, your, your profile is never going to be perfect. Like who, who's going to be yeah. perfect for you? you? Don't know who's on the other side looking at it, but yeah, th- that's, that's really challenging. Well, the, uh, the fascinating piece of all of this is if you walk into a bar, you're not going to be going up to every guy over analyzing them, looking at their shirt, asking right. them about their background and like Googling them. It's still based on that first impression. So mm-hmm. I think the first impression swipe is actually pretty effective. So you aren't overthinking, but what people are swiping on is based on whether they see themselves in a relationship with this person or not based on just their photos and bio. And unfortunately in real life, the bio, the pictures don't translate. So we came up with this, this sort of framework is you swipe for a house party. You're having a house party swiping through the photos and seeing who you want to invite to your house party. Cause that's all it is. You're not looking for your husband or boyfriend or relationship material, just someone you really want to hang out with. Yeah. And the filtering should happen on the conversation, not on the profile, because how much can you really learn? Like UA was saying, all you can learn is how do I vibe with this person, whether it's on a video call or in person or whatever you want to do. Even messaging on the app is better than just the static profile. Yeah, I think, oh, I love that house party analogy. Um, I'm going to start implementing that. Um, yeah. And I think too, yeah, when you like if people listening are dating, you know, also too, like once you start messaging someone, you kind of, it, it like takes it to the next level so quickly of like how you see if you're going to vibe with this person. Like it is so wild to me how sometimes things are just flowing, you know, whatever. And other times it is like, crickets yeah oh my god (laughs) like pulling teeth pulling teeth dang um but yeah that house party analogy is like i'm gonna be i'm gonna tell everyone about that i love that christina aren't you so are you so sad you're missing out you have like major fomo she's like no i'm good (laughs) i mean no like sometimes i feel like it would be fun um but yeah i I guess i'm good have you ever swiped for ryan I think we, I, we've swiped together. She, I think she was thinking of me when she thought of why do you swipe let, no so fast? No, it's not specifically you. It's actually like every single person, every yeah. single friend who has been on like an app before. I'm just like, whoa, like how I know like, hey, I, I didn't get to see their photos, but you know, like I am not using them like that. So yeah, obviously my experience well, is very different. The part that's so fascinating is that dating apps give us all these options. So we are exposed to more people than we've ever been before. Mm -hmm. But we also like, you know, feel this abundance of choice that gets overwhelming, which is why we swipe really quickly. But then we also have a scarcity mindset at the same time. Like it Mm -hmm. almost feels like there's no one out there. And we Mm -hmm. actually call it like there's like a settling paradox that like no one wants to set. Everyone's afraid to settle for like the wrong things and the wrong relationship. So they will never settle for someone that's like under six feet, but then they'll settle for a situationship. So it makes zero sense whatsoever. And a lot of it is just like what we're judging relationships by is what we've been fed for years. So that's wrong. And then also the way that dating apps work, they give us the information, what their height is, what their occupation is. They don't tell you, are they kind or are they humorous like they don't tell you all the qualities that matter in a partner yeah um julie i feel attacked with the six foot comment um 
Um, okay, no, I have branched into five ton ter- territory recently. But quick, quick, t- have you guys heard of the app field? Yes, yeah. I, yeah, I heard you were on it. Yes. Okay. It was so interesting because I think I've had a really positive experience there because it's mm-hmm. not like, so they don't have the height, they don't have occupation. They don't. It's so mm. it really got like shook up when I was in that dating. I got on there when I was kind of af- post that mental breakdown. It really like shook up kind of how I thought about it because it was so different. And it really fostered like just a very open communicative, like, positive environment where I was just way more open-minded and I get into like one of the things was like a height thing for me at one point we Christine always laugh my height thing was set at six foot four and she was like no, no it was, one, six, five. was it six five <laughs> it was six five I'll never forget it Chris, you dating uh-huh. NBA players or what like, what percent like are we one talking you know <laughs> A girl can dream. A girl can dream. Um, but um, once I like, so I uh, on field, I was like matching and messaging with these guys who I ended up having like such great conversations with and found out their height later, you know? So it's just mm-hmm. um, my small tangent there. What you said, Julia, is spot on. Um, uh, can we get into, we had our audience give us some relationship scenarios and we would love your expert advice on some of these. Are you down? Yeah. 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 Okay. (laughs) All right. The first one is I'd like to date the guy I'm casually sleeping with, but he swears he's not into monogamy. Any advice? I'm guessing she is seeking a monogamous relationship. You know, when someone tells you at face value (laughs) what they want, you can't. For all the years I've tried, like, I would love to get that tie back of the years I've tried Mm. to change people. It's just the best thing you could do is find someone that wants the same things as you, you do. Yes. Yes. I mean, she has her answer right there. He's not looking for the same things as her. It's not about him not wanting monogamy. Is it him not aligning with what she wants? And that's ultimately what matters in a relationship. So then you have your answer right there. And I think so many of us have been stuck in that situation because you think you can change someone or you think that if only they could see how good I am for them, they would want to be with me and be in a relationship with me. It doesn't matter. You could be the most perfect person in the world. None of us are. But even even if you're the most perfect person in the world, if that person is not aligned with what you want. They'll never see you in that way. And then yeah. it becomes a game of just winning for your ego, right? Yeah, Not because you're even trying to yeah, like build a connection worst. with this person. Yeah, I feel like l- he's literally telling you no. Yeah. yeah. And you're still, he must, what was your recent episode? Dickma- she's digmatized. Digmatized. <laughs> this girl's digmatized. The sex must be really good. Oh, shit. <laughs> Get out. Get out of that curse. Get it, but... You got to go beyond the digmatization. Yes, we've all been there. <laughs> but, you know, I hear her going, but, 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 but he tells me he really likes me, but, 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 but we're still sleeping together. And he treats me like his girlfriend when we're together. Yeah, because you're giving him pussy. Like, come on. There is reasons why he's treating you so well. It's not yeah. because he wants to be in a relationship. It's because he wants to keep yeah. the situation going. Guys say that, like they say they don't want to be with someone and like tell you straight up because then they don't feel guilt after. It's like, I've told you what I want. You're choosing to stay. There are so many things where I have like relayed what a man has said to me and like Christina or my mom will be like, say that again. But like you will literally when you're so 
like obsessed with this person or into this person, sometimes they can literally tell you that. And like, you hear something different. Like, oh, right. yeah. like I wish, like you said, I could have the time back where I was like, no, but mom, he, he said that he tells other girls about me <laughs> that he's seeing. That's a direct quote. That's a direct quote. And my mom was like, rant say that again and really think about it. So anyway, I can definitely hear this guy telling her like, no, 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 I'm just not into monogamy, but I like you. So totally. Definitely. Oh Um, my God. I have, okay. This is another question. I have a boyfriend of four years and recently he said he doesn't want kids. I'm assuming obviously she wants kids. She was very upset about it. What should I do? Oh, we talk about this one a lot. This is a really good topic because personally for me, I don't understand how people can make the decision about kids alone. I feel like it's a joint decision, unless if you're wanting to have kids on your own, which is a totally different story. But Mm -hmm. in these situations, we hear this from our listeners too, is people decide on the kid situation before they get into the relationship. And then they bring that decision into that relationship. Things change people change. The definitive answer I think is a red flag. And I would go back to him and have an open conversation, get to the, get to the bottom of why, why do you not want to have kids? Do you not envision kids with me? And then you talk about why you do want kids. I think it's a conversation. It's not convincing someone. It's not an argument. It's just a conversation and then go in with a very exploratory mindset. Uh, and understanding if they had the conversation at the beginning, they're both on the same page and now they're not, what was it that changed? Because I think that will be key into figuring out what the game plan is moving forward. Right. Like if they were entered into the relationship and, you know, maybe he was open to kids and now he's saying no, um, or yeah, we don't know what the roles are, but do you think it's different for if a woman says she doesn't want kids versus a man saying he doesn't want kids? Hmm. Different in what way? I'm just trying to think. Cause like when you said, you know, it's kind of a red flag if someone's, you know, says they don't want kids, but I think of like, I have a girlfriend of mine who's very adamant. She doesn't want kids, but maybe cause I know her reasoning that I'm like, okay, that's maybe makes sense. So I guess it's just getting to the bottom of it. But for me, like definitely. And I think of like, for me in my head, it is a little bit different for a woman to say she doesn't want kids versus a man to say it because I think the woman's like carrying the baby and, and, and doing that. But I don't know, maybe I'm wrong in that mindset, but to me, it feels different for some reason. I don't think it's a red flag that he doesn't want kids. I think it's that they're not on the same page yeah. and maybe mm. they were once before. And I think, you know, right now there's no rules anymore like you don't need to have kids to have a happy life and a great relationship so I think it's less about that aspect it's more of just how much if she and again probably like what is the scale that she wants kids like is Mm -hmm. this a must have I can't live my life without doing this then it comes back to it's going to be hard to change someone if they really don't want that and then maybe just you're not compatible but if you're at a point where it's it's a it's a question we're willing to go on this journey together to see where a few years will take us and that's a very different story so a lot of it's just what spectrum are we talking about with this decision right i think that's a good call out when it comes to kids real quick because i feel like especially for women especially for women 
unfortunately, like there is like a, a clock, like, yeah, it's it puts so much added stress, especially if you really want to have kids um, and you're dating. When is it too early to discuss having kids or wanting to have kids while dating? Because I have a friend who like second date, like she like brings all this up and I feel like it gets like very serious very quickly. And she's like, I don't want to waste any of my time. She's like, I'm like 38 years old. Like I want to have kids. Like, but I'm like, I, I don't know like what advice to give her, you know? She's like, do you think I'm making a mistake talking about it too soon? What do you guys think? Yeah, if you really want kids, the right man for you is the one who's willing to have this conversation as early as possible. I really, I truly believe that if you're scaring someone off because this conversation is coming too early, that's not the right person for you. So I think it, I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing it up pretty early on. And especially if you have very good reasons for why you feel so adamant about it. I think it's how you say it too. Like, are you being like, I want to have your babies tomorrow with this person <laughs> I've got on one date with? Yes, or it's more right. like, I see kids in my future and that's something that I really want in life. Like, yeah, just like, what is the conversation look like? I think that's a big part of it. But I absolutely agree. Like just to share what your life like vision is, it doesn't have to be done in a serious way. It can just, it can be a light conversation also, but just sharing what's important to you. You're only going to use that information to bring the right person in. And maybe you end up getting quote unquote rejected more, but if you look at it as a filtering mechanism to move mm -hmm. the wrong people out, to make room for the right person, then you're never actually really being rejected in the first place. Mm, I love that answer. I feel like delivery, you're right, is so key. Um, okay, speaking about delivery, what about this one? <laughs> when God. slash kids? <laughs> yeah, I was like, is the baby coming out now? <laughs> no, I just <laughs> delivered a baby. <laughs> different, different he delivery, said no in the delivery room. Okay. <laughs> yeah. What do it's I do? Like, it's my fuck boy that's been stigmatizing. <laughs> oh my God. No, no, no. Different delivery. Okay. When slash if. Do you follow up after first and second dates or do you let them do it? I don't know what to do. I hate waiting. Take control I like this is very of polarizing your love for people. life. Yeah. This is yes. so polarizing. I'm excited to hear what you guys say. <laughs> okay. It is a polarizing topic. And I think the reason why is especially for millennials that kind of straddle the new and the old, we've been drilled into our heads for years that women should lean back, that we shouldn't make moves and the guy won't like you. I'm assuming this is a woman that wrote in, but yes. I could be wrong. Okay. Like there's so many of those rules that were given to us, bad Cosmo articles and books and all that. Why men love bitches, my least mm -hmm. favorite book of all time. But <laughs> I think personally, I feel like you need to take control of your love life. Again, if you're going to, if you're going to scare someone away because you text them to say that you had a good time, like what relationship would that be anyways? Like, do you want someone? We, it's interesting because we always, what we're looking for in dating isn't what we're looking for in relationships. I would go on a gamble that most of the people that say they don't want to make that first move ultimately do want an equal-ish relationship where they feel like they're peers with their partner. And maybe it's not 100% for everyone, but a, 
in today's world, most women want to feel equal in partnerships. So I like to think about it like, do I want a relationship with someone that I can't text because I'm afraid that it's going to scare them off? And the answer is no. So I personally, I would do that. That being said, if you feel like you're the only one making moves, then that's also like, that's not an equal partnership in a different way. So I think that's also fair to say that you don't want that. But I don't think if you text someone first or you tell them you had a good time, then that sets that up for that. The right person is just going to be super pumped that they heard from you in the first place. I'm going to bring a little bit of heaviness to this answer. And I apologize ahead of time, trigger warning, but I have a friend who, whose husband is um, currently has stage four stomach cancer and he only has a limited time. She has two kids with him and they've been married a few years. And she said, I wish I didn't waste all that time playing games with him in the beginning so that I could have one extra day with him. So ultimately, I think when we think when you're in a relationship with someone thinking back, this initial stuff, the wondering, being a mind reader, playing games, it doesn't matter. It's just a blip. Who cares? If you're looking for an answer, you really like someone, you tell them. If you're ready for another date with them, you want to see them again, tell them, initiate. Don't waste that time because if that's the right person for you, again, you can't get that time back. So when you want to spend an extra day with them. Yeah. I also look at it too, if it's causing you anxiety, because a lot of people will say, I don't want to be the one to text, but then they're looking at their phone every two seconds to see if that person is texting them. Personally, again, I would rather just release the anxiety and just be like, I'm just going to do all I can. And again, it's not rejection. If this person does not meet me, I'd rather find out now than play it cool for three weeks and then find out that they're not interested. Like, I'd rather just put it out there, be authentic. Personally, when I st I used to play all these games. I'm saying this as someone that would do mm -hmm. this constantly. The second I dropped them, that's when things started to fall into place and I started to have real relationships. I could not get past date three when I was playing all these games. Right. I think as someone who's actively dating, it's I feel comforted hearing you both answer this question because I sometimes, oh, I'm on dating TikTok. Like, you know, I don't follow any of these people, but they're all up in my feed all the time. And it's like, if you, the woman, you know, approaches or if the woman texts, you're in your masculine and he can't be in his feminine. And of course I'm speaking from like a cis straight <laughs> dating situation, but like, I'm like, okay, so I got to pull back. But like, in no aspect of my life, am I a pulled back person? So for me, like literally in no way, like I'm like, so why am I, I, and I've told Christina this, like with some of these dating practices that were taught, like, I feel like I'm losing myself and I feel like I'm not myself in these situations because like, I feel like I'm just straying away to try and like be something that I'm being told to be, or that what I think a man wants. And to be honest, like letting go of that is really freeing. And like, obviously I'm still single. So I'm not like speaking from <laughs> the other side, but like I've texted after a date, like one of the best first dates I went on ever. I texted him the day, the day after it was like two days after, cause I hadn't heard from him and he responded right away. And we ended up seeing each other for like four more months. So that's why I think too, it's like, you have to make your own rules and really just be yourself because you want to live with a life with someone where you can be your full authentic self. 
Exactly. Yeah, I think of the person on the other side. I think sometimes we think, oh, that guy is like marked it on his calendar calendar that he's going to text me three and a half days later so that it keeps my interest. <laughs> like that guy's probably like, I wonder if she likes me. I wonder yeah. if I'll hear from her. Like think about the person on the other side. Nobody's that conniving to plot out this scheme just to get your interest. So UA and I think this is the biggest problem in dating is and what we call it is relationship chicken. Everyone says they want to be in relationships, but no one wants to make that move. No one wants to like put themselves out there and put themselves on the line. So it's kind of like this game of like, can I hold back? Can they hold back? And then what that results in is no one making any moves. And that's what people are complaining about, mm-hmm. so especially in today's world, in a post Me Too world too men aren't making as many moves anymore. They're like hetero men. They're not being aggressive because they can't anymore. Then they're stalkers, then they're aggressors. Like that's not the world we live in. So I feel like this dating advice, I love what you said, Ryan, because it basically just makes you not authentic because you're following someone else's script. You're like reading lines that are not you. And that is not the way to attract a partner. Right. And it's like, I think too, I mean, we could, I could talk about this for, I'm like, we'll need to do like a part three, but um, (laughs) like, I I do think that sometimes in dating, I feel like men and women aren't even in, they're not even in the same book. Sometimes if Mm -hmm. we're talking about a straight, straight dating, like, I just think that because times have changed so much, it's, it's so interesting to hear, like I was on a date the other night with this guy, and I was like, okay, so like, let's say you're at, like, you know, you're out at a bar, whereas like most people, men and women go out to like meet people. And he was like, no, I would never approach women. I, if you just stand there, they'll let them come to you. They'll come to you. And it's like, whereas women were being like, no, like you do not approach if you approach blah, blah, blah. So it's just like, it's all fucked up yeah. and there's no right way to do it is what I'm trying to say. Anyway, I feel like <laughs> the, uh, you guys have the, your whole podcast is on this modern dating. Why it's so fucking crazy and hard. So fucking crazy. <laughs> but then we all, then women think they're undesirable because men aren't making moves. It's just like a vicious cycle. <laughs> okay. All of this is so mind blowing to me because first of all, one thing I'm not even kidding you. When you said why men love bitches, that book was passed around authority, <sighs> highlighted. Every single girl it's had a book. Sold. So today. no, I read it. People Chris, still buy it. Re- yeah. I know. I, it was yeah. recommended to me by like three friends and I read it in 2020. You got mm-hmm. I read it, was, it, in, read it like in 1994 oh or something. Yeah. Or, okay. But I do think that there is something to be said about, I, I think that no matter what you have to be like and do what is authentic to you. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there is something to be said about like, if someone really likes you, you'll know too, Mm -hmm. because I feel like this is like where I have an issue. Like, I think if you want to follow up with someone, follow up with them. But like at the end of the day, like actions speak louder than words. And if you're following up with them and then you're not hearing back or you're wondering like why they're not following up with you, it's because like they might not just be that into you. And like, that is okay too. And I feel like that for me, like why I personally a lot of times I'm like, well, if they're going to, if they like you and they want to see you again, they probably, you will hear from them. And I feel like for me, that's like very much of like protect your own energy too, because a lot of times we get so invested into people and romanticize this, like a life with someone that we don't even really know. Yes. I have a friend that 
you know, we'll just get so hung up on every last person. And it's mm-hmm. like, she's met this person for an hour when you really think mm-hmm. about it. And she'll be like, but they had so much potential. I'm like, all you know is their resume. You don't know, do they have good follow-up? Like, do they, right. are they consistent? Like, are they a kind person? You don't know any of this stuff from meeting them for one hour. The reality is we don't know what is going on for people. And even, I think you can have a great date and still not get that follow-up and it may have zero to do with you. So that's why I think it's worth taking the chance. And like we've been saying, if they reply, if they respond negatively, like who cares? It stings for a minute, but then you'll get over it. And I guarantee in five years when you've met someone else, that's freaking awesome. You won't even remember that person's name. Or even on your next date. Yeah. Yeah, you're not like not even five years, like yeah. your next shower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I do want to follow up on this because I think there is something to be said about reading signals and us creating rules in our heads that aren't communicated. Like if he doesn't do this, he he must not like yeah. me. And in today's fucked up modern dating world, none of these signals are straightforward anymore. So I think for us, it is so important to be preemptive about about this on a first date or second date, communicate what you like in a person. I really like it when someone texts me back. I really like uh, consistent communication on the phone. When you can communicate what it is you're looking for, then you're pretty much putting it out there for them to either meet you or them saying, actually, I'm not going to be this person for you. It's better to communicate that as opposed to creating these rules in your head, in your head. Yeah, or even having a light conversation of like, you know, what does a relationship look like for you? Like, what is an ideal relationship? And find out, does it mean that I see you once a week? Does it mean I see you once a month? Is it every day? Like everyone has a different rule in their mind of what a really, in a definition of mm-hmm. what a relationship even looks like in the first place. So sometimes we just hear these vague things like, I want a relationship, I want kids, but there's no like path to how that's even going to happen. Right. That's so true. Like if I, if you have in your head of what a relationship looks like yeah. and you're dating someone who has a different picture, they could mm-hmm. be thinking it's all hunky dory and like, Oh, yeah, this is great. Exactly. This is exactly yeah. what, you know, and right. you're over there losing your mind with anxiety and overthinking everything. <laughs> right. It's like, we can't expect people to know what we're thinking and like act how we want them to act. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, don't Go for it, Gio. As I said, I had an ex that like, you know, he just didn't text people. He liked the phone over text way better. Mm -hmm. And I remember like bringing up the texting to him. That was like a source of contention. And he did not see anything weird of just texting every three days. Like it wasn't even in my mind at the beginning, especially once I started to understand how he operated, it was less of a concern. The beginning, I was like freaking out. Like does this person <laughs> like me, you know, because you're thinking about like what you like. And I you text all yeah. day, every day with my girlfriend. So I was looking for that in a partner. But then at the same time, now I found someone that does that with me. So maybe just like we weren't the right fit. Right. Right. <laughs> and like, I don't like texting all day every day right and I just want someone to like hey just call me at the end of the day you know let's have a quick chat exactly so it's just like everything's so arbitrary you just need to find someone that's on the same page or can beat you on the same page no but this is so interesting because I feel like we always hear like the key to a good relationship is communication Mm. we never really hear like the key to good dating is communication yeah yeah exactly 
that is the okay you started this whole conversation of what is the overarching theme Mm -hmm. that is it outside of focusing on yourself and you know doing that growth and taking accountability it's communication because you're totally dead on christina that it's like it it can be the first date and you're almost in a relationship. It's not a clearly mm-hmm. a full-blown relationship, but it's a relationship of sort. So right. if instead of thinking about dating as like this me versus you game of like, can I get this person to like me? Can we start to think about this as I'm going to have a relationship and putting it in quotes with everyone I encounter. Maybe it's an hour relationship. Maybe it's a two week relationship, but it allows us to be a team more opposed to this, you know, me against you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this conversation was so good. The time (laughs) flew by. What the heck? Yeah, I did. (laughs) Um, I'm like, I could do two more episodes with you. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) We're just on We are doing a marathon today, right? Yes. (laughs) Um, So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. Can you plug yourselves, tell everyone where they can find you? Yeah. yeah, people can find us at datablepodcast.com. That's our website. We are a Datable Podcast pretty much on every platform. And you can listen to our episodes um, on, you know, on all the platforms that exist right now, which is like a thousand of them. So many. <laughs> yep. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Um, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> amazing. Thank you guys Thank you. so much. I think we're going to have to have part two follow up let's do it let's do it awesome bye guys Bye. bye thank you thank you so much for tuning in today for more information on this episode check out the show notes on our website theconfidentcollective.com and find us on instagram at confident collective and if you really loved what you heard screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories and don't forget to tag us The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable and trust us, we look at all those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable. Mm-hmm.